this heart open wide from the dead from the heights I will be sacrificed with these hands lifted high hear my song hear my cry I will bring the sacrifice I will bring I will bring the sacrifice
海心，落雨夜海雪。Beauty of your majesty, my arms are weak, but with you they're strong, strong enough to part the seas. You won't let me drown. You won't let me fade away. You won't let me drown. You. You are beautiful, my God, my God. You are. You are wonderful. You set my world apart to be more like you. To be more like you. Your grace is clinging onto my eternal soul. My arms are weak, with you they're strong, strong enough to part the seas in my life. You won't let me.
morning, MVCC. We are so happy to be here with you this morning to worship the Lord and hear an amazing message. Last Sunday was our first Sunday back on campus and it was so exciting. We had Italian ice, we stayed safe with face masks, and we were still able to worship God and hear an awesome message by Pastor Mike. We're just really excited to be back on campus. For those of you that are really interested in connecting with us, we really want to connect with you. So go ahead and text the word CONNECT to the number on your screen so that we can get acquainted with you and really get to know who you are. Now that we're back on campus, we have tons of ways to serve. We had people last week walking around with waters, welcoming new people onto our campus, and there's just awesome ways to get involved. So if you're interested in serving with us, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen. Despite us being back on campus, we still want to be super safe. So the safest way to be giving during this time is online. There's two super easy ways to do that. You can go to our website or to our mobile app. We really encourage you to do this and join with us as a church to do amazing things. Today, we are starting a brand new sermon series. I'm super excited about it and I hope you are too. So let's go ahead on over and check it out. Hey, it's great to have you with us this morning at MVCC. Uh, we're starting a new series today, which I'm really excited about called What's Next? When Life is Disrupted. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 today, but before we get there, uh, I thought we'd just take a moment and pray because prayer is so powerful to get us ready to hear God's voice. So will you take a second and just pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this opportunity, as always, God, to open your word. I pray, God, that your message is loud and clear. I pray, God, that we'd have a listening ear. And most of all, God, a heart that's willing to obey. God, I pray for anyone listening out there or watching this at this moment that they will just know that they are loved by you and that you call us, God, into relationship. God, we pray for the fire of your Holy Spirit to just reignite your people. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, before we get to Joshua 3, um, question I have is, have you ever been in a situation in life that you feel was just radically disrupted and you kept asking yourself the question, um, what's next? What's the next move? what's the next decision or what's going to happen next? I chose that because I really sensed that um, the Lord was speaking to me about the series that we're doing here at MVCC, that we're right in the middle of this pandemic. We're right in the middle of this second surge, if you will, of the pandemic spreading. We're also looking at many looking at their finances right now, wondering what's next. Uh, many are looking at the face of, of college courses going, am I going to have to take courses online Am I going to be able to go back to school? Are my kids going to be able to go back to school? What decisions should I make? Am I going to have a job next week? And in all this turmoil and all this disruption, I'm sure that we've all asked ourselves, well, what's next? In fact, that's really the wrong question to be asking. And I find myself in the very same situation. Really what we should be asking ourselves is, God, what is it that you're saying? What is it that you're doing and God, how do you want me to align myself with your purpose and your plan? It's, it's really cool how um, God used uh, people, ordinary people, to write the word. So we have the very Bible here, and we're going to read Joshua chapter 3 here. And I, I just want to kind of set this up before we get into the text. Um, Joshua was a successor to Moses. Moses was the leader of Israel. Moses led the people of God. Uh, through all kinds of scenarios. He's the one that, remember, God used to rescue the people out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of all that bondage, and led them out of that into deliverance. But during that time, they were still wandering. And that's where we find ourselves right here. Josh, Moses has died. Joshua picks up the mantle of leadership. 
And as Joshua is beginning to lead the people, if we read in chapter 1, if you were just to make a reference there, for those that maybe read this passage, God tells Joshua three times the very same message. He says, Joshua, I want you to be strong and I want you to be courageous. He says three times, I want you to be strong and courageous. I want you to be strong and courageous. So the question I have is, why did he tell him three times, Joshua, be strong and be courageous? It must have been because he had some amount of fear. He probably was asking him something like, God, what do you want me to do next? And God is saying, Joshua, you're my man. I've called you. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to lead your people. But I need you to trust me and I need you to obey. I'm sure that many times we've asked ourselves, what's next, Lord? And the real answer is, I don't know. I don't know often what God is going to do. But I do know this. He's worthy to be trusted and he is definitely worthy to be obeyed. They're ready to cross the Jordan. The Jordan River is this place of crossing. And as they're on one side of the Jordan, we are reminded that the Jordan River is a place where on the other side there is the promised land. And the people of God have longed to be in this place, as the Bible calls, a land flowing with milk and honey. It is the land of Canaan. It is the land of promise. It is the land of God's protection. He said, I will protect you. I will make you my people. I will bless you. I will take care of every need that you have. I will make you prosper as a nation. And you will be my people and I will be your God. But I need you to trust me to get over into the promised land. And as there was massive disruptions around this time, we find Joshua leading the people with a simple command of God. So if you have your Bibles, we're just going to read in, in Joshua 3. I'm going to pick it up here in verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 to 4. Now remember that Joshua is ready to lead the people. And it says here in verse 1, Very early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites went out to the Jordan, where they camped before they crossed over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. And this is what they said. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits, which is about 3,000 feet distance, between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. I love this setting because it's so, it's such an imagery of what's happening today. God is saying, you've never been this way before, but I need you to trust me. None of us have been in this situation before with, with COVID, with the economy, with not knowing what's next in any arena end of life. Everything changes so quickly. God is saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to obey my every word and I will get you to the other side. I will get you to the promised land. This is, this is an amazing setting in verses 1 to 4. I, I love the fact that Joshua seeks God early in the morning. He wakes up to receive that direction. He wakes up to hear the voice of God so that he can lead God's, lead God's people. You know, it just, it just reminds me that when there's a leader who's so filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and when there's leaders behind that leader who are so filled with the Spirit of God, you've got a winning combination. You, you've got something that's supernatural, that's nothing of this world, and that's what we have right here. Joshua and the leaders are one mind, 
one spirit and one heart. They don't care who gets the credit as long as God gets the glory. And he says this to his leaders. God said, take the ark and put it before the people, but let there be a distance. I don't want anyone touching the ark. Why? Why would God say, I don't want you to touch this ark? I, I don't even want you to get near the ark. We have to remember back in the Old Testament, the ark was the box that God had created through the hands of men that were gold-plated. They were, it, was, it was gold with two angels on top of it. And on the top of there, it was called the mercy seat. And the, the, the high priest was the only one who could go into this 15 by 15 holy of holies and the most holy place that the high priest was the only one that could go in the tabernacle and go into that very special place. And as he touched the mercy seat with the sacrifice that was offered, it's just such a beautiful picture of that, what the Bible calls atonement, that at one with. The only way that people could be at one with God was the sacrifice had to be made and given by the high priest. And so as he's saying, I want you to follow the ark. My leaders will carry that ark and you are to follow the ark 3,000 feet ahead of you. God's presence is there. What the ark represents is that the very presence of God, God, the, the creator of the universe, has created something so that his people would know him by his name. It's just, it's just an amazing picture for us that as they are in unfamiliar territory, he says, I want you to keep your mind and your heart fixed on what I've told you to do. And trust me, even though you cannot see, even though there's this distance, I want you to draw near to me and I want you to follow my every command. So a couple of questions I was thinking about this text this week as I was studying. As they were standing at the foot feet of the, 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 the Jordan River, ready to cross over, they might have been asking themselves, God, are you really there? Have you led us this far? You've, have you really led us to this place of worship? God, what's the next move? What do you want us to do? And I, I just, I just got to go back to what Joshua's example was, that Joshua, because he sought the Lord early in the morning, because he was seeking God, God then told him what to do. And this is, the, this is where it really gets good. In verse 5, if you have your Bibles, you might want to make reference to that. Joshua told them the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. That's, that's it. When we don't know what's next, when we don't know what the next move is, we can't figure things out. and We don't know what direction to go. God is saying this. It may be that in that moment, God is saying, I want your total undivided attention. Consecration means devotion. It means total surrender to Him. It means without any reservation. I want you to dedicate, devote, and separate yourself from this world. Separate yourself to be used for me. For me. He's, he's not saying I want you to separate yourself from worldly people, otherwise people wouldn't be able to know God, but, but I want you to so separate your life from the worldliness, from the things of the world. I don't want you to think the way a person thinks. I don't want you to follow what everyone else is doing. 
I want you to follow my ways. I want you to follow my word, God said. And so in order to do that, we must completely surrender everything to God. That's why he says here, people of God, I want you to consecrate your life before we cross over this river. We have to be of one mind and one heart. Don't let yourself be poured into the mold of this world. And I got to be honest, that's tough to do. Because the world so squeezes us into the mold of what everyone else is doing. Sometimes it's hard to go against the grain. It's hard to go against the stream. It's hard to go against the norm. It's difficult to go in a different direction that no one else is going. But God always brings his promise to pass when we obey. Just like the people of God are standing before the leaders as they've gone ahead carrying the ark, they have a choice to make. What are we going to do? When you're scared, you got to remember, you're not the only one who's scared. You're not the only one maybe who's frustrated. You're not the only one who's worried. You're not the only one who's concerned. God's people throughout the word have gone in and out of often these emotions and circumstances and these disruptions that sometimes make it difficult for us to just keep following him no matter whether we know what's next. God is asking you and I to trust. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the next months ahead with COVID-19. I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the school system. I, I don't know what's going to happen in, in, our, in our society. But I do know this. God is the one to be trusted. That's it. So, stop living by what you see. Stop living by what you feel. Stop wasting today's strength fighting tomorrow's battles. Man, I need to hear that one. Stop, stop wasting today's strength trying to fight tomorrow's battles. So instead of asking, Lord, what's next? How about, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through trusting you? God, give me the strength to be completely obedient God to you. I was, I was thinking about how the people of God were standing right there at the Jordan River. And, and God commanded through Joshua, the, the leaders there who had the ark, that I want you to step into, literally step into the river. I want you to step into the water. Now that, that took an, an, an immense amount of trust on their part. When we think of Jordan River, we're thinking maybe just, you know, 15 feet of water, but that's not how it was. It was rushing waters. There were three sources of water that poured into the Jordan River, and then it filtered out uh, thousands and thousands of feet down into the Dead Sea. So there were, at times, rushing waters at different parts of, of the year. This happened to be one of those times. And so for them to have to step into the river, they had to trust that they weren't going to be swept away. Trusting God is where we must be. And the imagery is so beautiful here about the ark is ahead of the people. And God is saying, I, I want you to trust me because this is a beautiful picture of that one day the Messiah will come as he is the God of mercy and the God of grace. 
And through the sacrifice of Christ, we now have the presence of God in us. If we choose Christ, He gives us the power of His Holy Spirit. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us all those benefits. And He gives it to us for free. And now He says, because I've given you all these things, I want you to pick up your cross and I want you to follow me. Yes, even when there's disruption, even when there's chaos, even when we don't know what's happening next. You know, I found the most exciting time of following Jesus is when I don't know what's happening next. And here's, here's the key. I, I'm sure that uh, most of us have seen something like this. This is a filter that goes into uh, the house furnace. This filter has been designed to be a barrier of collecting all the stuff so that it does not affect what's going into the house. I just wonder, what is the filter that you and I see the world through? Because if, if, if the Israelites were looking through their own filter, their own eyes, their own fears, their own anxiety, their own stress, they may not have had the ability to step across and just trust God and obey. And ultimately, they did and got to the promised land. You and I have to make a decision. This is, this, is, this is huge for us. We have to make a conscious decision that the filter that I look through, the filter that I see things through, has got to be the very Word of God. Without the Word of God, we're lost. Without the Word of God, we are misguided. Without the Word of God, it's so easy to lose our way and we, got, we get caught up in, well, what's going to happen next? And trusting in a plan instead of trusting in the man, Jesus Christ. You know what's really cool about this very spot here in the Jordan? The people of God crossed over. Uh, many believe there were over a million people that crossed over that river into the Promised Land and it said all the people of that nation made it. Every single person crossed over into the promised land. It would be 1,500 years later that a man with a fire in his soul and the power of the Holy Spirit came down from a mountain into that very same place called Beth Arba. And, and that place actually means the house of crossing. As he stood in the same Jordan River and he proclaimed to the people that were there, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is here. Repent of your sins. Turn your life. Consecrate your life to God. Because Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, is coming. I think that is the message that we need to hear today. I, I, I just wonder, what is God preparing for you and for me? What's he preparing for us? What is he preparing us for? It's not what's next. It's God, what can I do to be obedient to you, to be prepared for what you're doing so that I, God, can simply be an agent of change. What do you want to do through me, God? I know, could it be that for over 15 years we've been praying at Missionville Christian Church, whether in the storms, sometimes getting opposition, but we've been on our knees asking the Lord, begging and pleading God to send a powerful awakening for people to once again know God. We've been asking for God to do a revival within his people. 
where he awakens our soul to the things of God, where there's what's called a new beginning of obedience to God. I think for, for some places that in life we are standing at the river's edge and we're scared to step in and God is saying, I got to have you trust me. You got to trust me and you got to obey. I, I don't know where this lands for us. Um, maybe it's, it's a relationship that we've made ourselves distant from and God is saying, I need you to step back into that relationship. Maybe we felt like we've drifted away from God and God is saying, I'm right here. I just want you to step in, trust and obey me. Maybe it's, it's a decision in life where we're involved in some kind of behavior and God is saying, hey, look, I want you so to trust me. Trust me in such a way that you're willing to consecrate, dedicate, devote everything to me and leave everything behind. That's when we find this revival moment. That's where we really find the power of God. So, so what's next? I don't know. But I do know that God is worthy to be trusted. You know, the reality is, is that all of us are going to stand on the shores of heaven. If we've said yes to Jesus Christ, if we've put our faith, simple faith, and received the Lord, we will stand on those shores of heaven ready to cross over. And the only way that we can cross over is through the cross of Jesus Christ. Just recently, um, my mom had been battling an illness for over two years. And um, just recently, she went to heaven. She passed away. And I'll say, you know, it's one of the most difficult things to walk through of, is losing your parents. There are some times in the last couple of weeks that I just, I just feel in the natural, I just feel like an orphan. I feel kind of lost. I don't have my mom and dad here on this earth. But I do have the hope of knowing what the Bible says. The Bible says in Thessalonians, we do not grieve like the rest of people who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. Does it hurt? Absolutely. Do I still have the hope that my mom and dad are with Jesus? Absolutely. Are there moments that I don't feel close? Yeah. But the reality is, I know that Jesus is always there. So here's the question. What's next? I don't know. But I do know this. If we're simply willing to trust him and obey, he'll get us to the other side. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much that you've given us, in the midst of disruption, in the midst of sometimes what seems like chaos, what doesn't make sense, I, I thank you, God, for the clarity and the filter, God, of your word that reminds us that following you, even when we don't understand, God, I thank you for the promises that you give us. I thank you for the illustration and reminding us that crossing over that Jordan River into the promised land is the best place to be. And Father, I just ask your, your hand on anyone who might be listening. Remind them, God, that you are, they are loved by you and that Jesus, you gave everything for each of us to have life. And we just ask in Jesus' name an awakening to come to this nation. Amen. Amen.